you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Great to see everybody here today. We have served such a, man, what a wonderful time of worship, amen? Man, if you didn't feel the presence of God here in this house, something's wrong with your fillers. Because he was here, definitely here. Just a few things, as you just saw a few videos there. I mean, bags of bumpers, we do it about once a quarter. So just bring those non-perishables, put them in a bag. You can pick up the sack out there at the Next Step desk and drop them behind your bumper. And we want to be a blessing for people who are in need, Amen. That's what being beyond blesses and being generous. And here's the thing. We're not naive. We want to bless you too. And so if you're somebody that says, man, I'm, I'm struggling myself, take that flyer that was in your seat or next to you or something, wherever it was at. Maybe the, the fans blew it and it was in the floor. I don't know. But grab that flyer, scan that QR code, and you sign up, and we're going to bless you too. We want to be a blessing in this house. Amen? And then the change for change, and we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, pre, pre that, that bad word COVID, pre that, uh, we did change for change, and we ended up paying off three elementary schools lunches for all the kids, like lots. It was a lot. <laughs> Actually, I think it was three and a half. So that's all we're asking you to do. Bring your change. There's a bucket out there across the next step desk. Drop it in there. We're just going to be a bl- We want to be a blessing. Amen? Come on. Y'all got quiet on that. We want to be a blessing. Amen? So as we move into this uh, Beyond Blessed sermon series, and I get to kick it off today, I just, is there anybody here who just wants to be a little bit blessed? You're saying, yeah, just give me a little bit. Or you're like, I want to be greedy. I'll be average blessed, right? Is that, or do you want to be beyond blessed? That's where I want to walk. That's what I want to do. I want to walk beyond blessed. And listen, I'm going to give you a pre-warning today. Uh, we're going to jump into the word, and it might hurt your feelings a little bit. So... Everybody get ready for some meat today, okay? That's where we're going to go. We're going to go some meat. We're tired of having some bologna. Not that every word is up here is meat, but I'm just saying, I don't want you to walk out of here with your feelings hurt. And if you run out of here early, I know that your feelings did get hurt. (laughs) You're like, oh, man, we got to keep seated. Somebody's going to, like, not want to go to the bathroom. They're like, oh. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But we want to walk into this area. For this month, we're going to be talking about generosity. We're going to talk about beyond blessed. And And, you know, many times when we start talking about being beyond blessed, people check out. People stop listening. We stop talking about, when we start talking about money or giving or generosity, uh, people people check out. Their hearts check out. Their heads check out. But I just want to be really upfront with you today. I just want you to be really, really understand, we don't want your money. Period. You say, well, you just took up an offering. God wants your heart, not your money. That's what we want for you. We want you to be blessed. So if you think today, hey, they're just talking, they want my money. We don't. Because here's the thing. We believe everything belongs to God. You go, well, you need my money to take care of blah, 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 blah. That, that, if that's your posture, you got the wrong heart posture. You got the wrong mind posture. Well, you need my money. Here's what I would be. Psalms 24.1 says that everything belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord that's in the earth and all who is in it. So I would be careful saying that that money that's in your bank account is your money. Because everything belongs to the Lord. It's gotten quiet. I've started meddling, so we're just going to keep on moving. 
See, God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And so before we can, before we can posture ourselves to become beyond blessed, we need to position our hearts to receive that. Are you with me today? See, Proverbs 4 and 23, Proverbs 4 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from that. Everything you do, guard your heart, because he knew what could happen. you got to guard your heart, because that's where your life flows from. That's everything. To become beyond blessed, we must deal with our hearts. Matthew 6, 21 is a scripture we're gonna hear, you're going to hear me talk about several times, and I hope it gives you revelation today, but it says this, For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be together today. We thank you to dive into your word. Father, I pray that we grow today. We become a generous people that learn how to be beyond blessed and that you would take and deal with our hearts like never before, that we would posture ourselves and position ourselves to receive more blessings from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So have you ever been to a doctor, went to an appointment just for a checkup, and he's poking and prodding and there's nothing going on, but then all of a sudden he hits a spot and you're like, oh, oh, or a noise comes out, and he goes, did that hurt? And you're like, no, of course it didn't, right? But you know it did, and he says, hey, that's not supposed to hurt. That, that, that's not supposed, we need to look deeper into that. And so that's what I want to tell you today. If us talking about generosity, talking about giving, talking about money, talking about finances, if that hurts, there's something more wrong. I told you, it's getting here today. See, as believers, we're talking about generosity and giving. It should never hurt. It shouldn't be that. It should never hurt us. It, we should never flinch. We should, be, we should be honored to be generous peoples where we should be. It, but if it does, we need to look at it a little bit deeper. See, having a spirit of generosity is not a financial problem. Having a spirit of, of, of generosity is not a financial problem. It is a mentality problem, and it is a spiritual problem is what it is. Maybe I can say it better like this. It is a head and heart problem if you don't have a generous spirit about you. See, generosity, the very definition of generosity is love in action, giving. Some of you right now, you're sitting there, you're talking about my money, you're talking about my money. I need you to transition and listen to what we're saying today. Love in action is about giving. God set the entire stage for us to be givers and to be generous because he said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only son. He gave his only son. If he would not have given his only son, if he had not been generous with his only son, none of us would be here today or best likely we would be going to a devil's hell that was not created for us. Because he gave his only son. So he said, God himself said, let me demonstrate to my children what generosity looks like. I gave my one and only son. God is a generous God and a giving God because he gave his son. But Satan, on the other hand, is selfish and stingy. We can see that all scriptures. You can quote John 10, 10, that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a taker. That's what Satan tries to do. Let's just take a fun little test together just to see how our hearts and our minds line up with the generosity. Let me just take... And you don't have to answer them out loud. If you're brave, you can. If you don't, don't nudge anybody. That's rude, too. Don't point. That's also one of those. Are you a consumer or a contributor? Which one are you? 
The difference is this. Do I, think, do I look at a situation and do I think, what does it benefit me or how can I impact that situation? That's the difference. Is your first thought, what can I get or what can I give? When the coffee's out there, woo, we love coffee. I love me some dark roast coffee. And people, when, the, when you look at it and it's you and not somebody else and you're looking and you're looking at the coffee and you're looking and you're looking at the coffee and there's two packs of sugar there. Are you trying to race them to get it real fast? Oh, let me get that sugar before they get it. Are you going, hey, go before me, enjoy that sugar. I'll take mine dark and bitter. What is your attitude? When someone gets something that you've been wanting for a while, do you wish that would have been me? Do you ask that question in your mind? Man, why didn't I get that? Man, I've been working hard for that. Man, I deserve that. Do you know them, God? I know them. They don't deserve that. Or do you get excited for them? I am so excited that you got a raise, a promotion, a new car, a new house, uh, your family back together. I am so excited that you fill in the blank. Are you genuinely excited for them? When you're asked to give in the tithes and offering, are you greedy and grumpy? Here you go again. Ask me to pass that bucket, pass that bucket. That's all they do is pass that bucket. (laughs) Are you grateful in giving? Here you go, Lord. Thanks for letting me be a steward of that. Thanks for loaning that to me to give back to you because it was yours in the first place. You go to that $1 bill and go, look, here's my $1. You go to that secret compartment in your wallet. Don't act like you don't have them. Why, as I'm telling you right now, husbands got a secret compartment in their wallet. They keep money. I'm just, anyway, sorry, guys, I had to rat you out. (laughs) That's the reason I never keep money in my wallet because she knows it's there. Matthew 6 and 21 For where your treasury is, there your heart will be also. (laughs) I think we read this scripture wrong sometimes. Where your heart is, your heart will follow what you place as most important. Your heart will follow what you place as most important. Generosity is a test of the heart. Where your treasures, your treasures, your stuff, all that stuff has voices. You need more. You need more. Because we were created that way. We were born into that where we need more. And I've got to have more and more money and more stuff and bigger this and bigger that. But see, a generous spirit gives it all up to God. And it says, I'm thankful for what I have and I will be a blessing with what you've given me. See, we must give up the right to get. If you never get another possession in your entire life, if you never get another dollar in your entire life, you have been given the best thing ever, and that's Jesus Christ. Let's talk about, just for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about what the spirit of generosity does in a believer's life. What the spirit of generosity will do in a believer's life. Number one is this, generosity reveals your heart. Generosity will reveal your heart. And I hope, I hope you've made a transition and not just thinking about, I'm talking to you about money, but generosity will reveal your heart. And Luke chapter 6, and a lot of times this scripture is taken out of context of when we say it, but listen to it. Luke 6 verse 37, it says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. 
give, and it will be forgiven to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured. Does that scripture anywhere in there say anything about money? No. That scripture says nothing about money in there. It doesn't, what it does say is whatever measure you judge with, whatever measure you condemn with, whatever measure you forgive with, that same measure is going to be given to you. I told you generosity is a heart issue. It is not a money issue. He, let me ask this. When it comes to judging others, are you quick to judge or are you generous to give grace? Or are you quick to place a sentence on someone or do you see them and say, man, salvation is needed given their direction? Do you ever find yourself judging people by their appearance? Don't be, don't, don't be, y'all trying to be holy now. Huh? I saw, I know y'all go to Walmart and Target. I've seen y'all there. I judged you. You judge people about their appearance? You're like, mm, they rode up in that car. Mm-hmm. Look at their house. Look at their clothes. Look at this. You judge people. Don't act like you don't. When it comes to condemning others, are you quick to bring condemnation? Or are you generous to bring freedom? See, condemnation, what that is, is it's a sentence is what that is. You're giving them no room to change. You're, you're not letting them grow. Matter of fact, what you're doing is you're just giving them a consequence and a punishment. That's what's condemning people. You ever know someone who did something wrong or Maybe their actions were wrong, or maybe they wasn't living up uh, to the godliest lifestyle they should, and something happens, and you, you, in your mind, you may have not said it out loud, but in your mind, you go, well, they deserve that. It's a heart issue. Generosity is a heart issue. When it comes to forgiving others, are you quick to give unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, anger? Is that what you live in? Or are you generous to give them and forgive them with an unconditional, no record of wrong love? It is a heart issue. Every time you think about somebody, every time you think about somebody, does it make your, that person that you've not forgiven, does it make your skin crawl? Do you get mad? Does it end the rest of your day? Does your whole day go bad? Well, the measure you're giving them. That generosity you're giving them is unforgiveness. That's how much you're giving out to them. Generosity is love in action. It's giving. Verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Once again, does this scripture say anything about money? The answer is no. It says nothing about money right there. But what it does tell you is the measure you give, that portion will be given back to you generously. Mm, It's a heart issue. Our generosity is a heart issue. How How am I loving people? How am I judging them? How am I condemning them? How am I forgiving them? It is generosity. That much, how I give it to them, will be given back to me. In good measure, pressed down and shaking over. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in that one. I want to live in that grace. Some of you are wondering, why is my life always in chaos? Why is it always in trouble? Why are we always conflict? Blah, blah, blah. You're wondering why all these kind of things? Let me ask you this question. What does the measuring cup of your generosity are you using towards others? What does it look like? 
Generosity is a heart issue. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Number two, the spirit of generosity, what it will do in a believer's life, it, generosity reveals our attitude. You know, there was a study done that, that said that people who are gen generous people are three times happier than those who are not generous. There was a study done, not by a Christian organization, not by a church, but there was a study done saying that people have a, life, a longer life expectancy that are generous than those who are not generous. We can look at Matthew chapter 5, and it's the Beatitudes. This is how your attitude should be. Go read that, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And it says, blessed are, and that word blessed actually means happy are. And when you go read that, the happy are, you're like, how can they be happy there? Because it's an attitude. See, we are born into selfish. We're born to be selfish. We, we were taught, we're not even taught to be selfish. We are born into it. It is our sin nature. It is this nature of this world is to be selfish. If you don't believe me, have a baby. That baby will cry when it's hungry. It will cry when it needs a diaper change. It will cry when it wants you to hold them, that baby's selfish. Now, you should hold it and do all those kind of things. That's a good parent. But it's selfish. Until you pick it up, it doesn't stop. Selfish. We, he, that baby wasn't taught that. It's selfish. Have you ever seen two toddlers want the same toy? Selfish. Have you ever seen two adults? That's it. That's the example. Have you ever seen two adults? Selfish. That's it. That was the example. We were born in the natural into greed. But when you're born again, you're born into generosity. And you're born again into selflessness is where we are. We as Christians, we as believers, we got to be aware, we got to be aware of our attitude when it comes to generosity. We've got to be aware of it because I want you to hear me today. Because if you're not aware of your attitude, this is what happens. Selfish thoughts are wicked, is a wicked thought, and a wicked thought becomes a sin. I'm going to say it one more time for you so you can get it. A selfish thought is a wicked thought, and a wicked thought becomes sin. I can show you this in scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 15. <laughs> during Deuteronomy chapter 15, during that time, there's a time called year of jubilee. And what happens is every seven years, all of all the debt's forgiven. It's all reset. Oh, hallelujah. Wouldn't we like that day to happen? Amen. Woo, yeah. But during this time, that's what happened. And so when, when God was talking to them, is this is what he said. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 9. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Because their thought was, hey, if I, if I loan to you and it's the sixth year, then on the seventh year, you ain't got to pay me back and then I'm stuck. And he said, be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. He called it a wicked thought. It says the seventh year, the year of canceling debts is near so that you do not show ill will towards the needy among you, your fellow Israelites, and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you. Here you go. Listen to the rest of this. And you will be found guilty of a sin or of sin. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. See, a selfish thought is a wicked thought and a wicked thought becomes sin. See, God created giving and generosity for our sake. 
He created us, created generosity to help us work out greed and selfishness out of our lives. That's what he tried to do. That's what he created generosity to do. That's what he created us as believers is become generous and take a spirit of generosity inside of us. And Acts 20, 35 says, remembering the words of the Lord himself, he said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, it says, decide in your heart. Once again, it's a heart issue. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. Decide in your heart to give, for God loves a cheerful giver. God blesses generosity from the right heart and from the right attitude. Matthew 6, 21. For where, the treasure, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The third thing the spirit of generosity does in a believer's life Generosity reveals your treasures. Or maybe I can say it better like this. Generosity reveals your faith. See, John chapter, John chapter 12, there's a story in there, and many of us have heard the story, but John chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, it says, Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus, remember Lazarus, was among those reclining at the table. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the, whole, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. See, generosity always comes from a grateful heart. Where your treasures are, there your faith is going to be. Let me explain to you what happened in this story. So if Mary would not have given her perfume, which cost her about a year's wages, she, she poured out a year's wages on a man's feet who claimed to be the Messiah, because remember, he hadn't died or resurrected yet, but he claimed to be the Messiah. She poured a year's wages out on his feet. She wiped them with his hair. If she would not have been generous with that and anointed him, he, had not, he would have not been ready for the burial. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it was close to the Pas close to Sabbath and the Passover. And said, so typically what they would do, as soon as somebody passed, died on the cross, they would take them down, they would anoint them, wrap them, and stick, stick them in the tomb. But at this point in time, they didn't do that to Jesus because it was so close to the Sabbath and it was so close to uh, Passover that they just took him down and they wrapped him and they stuck him in the tomb. They didn't anoint him. They didn't, do th they didn't give him any perfumes or anything like that. And we can see that in Luke chapter 24. I'm not going to read it to you. You go look at it. Luke 24, 1, and you can also look at Mark 16, 1. It tells you they, that after the Sabbath was over, they were on their way to anoint his body. But Mary had no idea that the one act of generosity would prepare the Son of God for the tomb. We have no idea what our gift of generosity and giving will do also. But many of us take, a, take the posture of Judas. We take the posture, when it comes to generosity, we take that posture, that position of Judas. And John 12, verses 4 through 6 says this, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor. But because he was a thief, 
as the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. What I have found through my years is typically people who criticize generosity or giving, they don't care about anyone but themselves. They take the toddler stance or the baby stance. They don't care about mine, me, that's mine, give me more, give me. See, just like Judas, they get mad. Judas was mad. You mad today? He had lots of opinions about what should have been done with that generosity, with that perfume. But he was taking every time. Judas, go to church on Sunday. Have a seat. Listen to the worship. Hear the word from the preacher. He didn't prepare anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't give. He didn't sacrifice. He complained. He had a bad attitude and it was not positioned that of generosity. He was consumed with the wrong treasure is what happened with him. Generosity always comes from a grateful heart, which demonstrates where your treasure is. Generosity will always come from a grateful heart, and it will tell you, and it will demonstrate where your treasure is. Because Mary was grateful. And the reason Mary was grateful, because in John chapter 11, we can go one chapter backwards and read it. John chapter 11, what happened there is Lazarus became sick. And on the way to Jesus to see him, he passed away. And Jesus came and resurrected him. And now he is sitting at the table eating with Mary and all the rest of them because of generosity. See, a grateful heart understands generosity. We, could, we, we have to take the position of being generous to understand that God gave. We didn't deserve his salvation. We didn't deserve him going to the cross. We didn't deserve his resurrection, but he gave it anyway because he's a generous God. So we have to take ourselves and make ourselves and position ourselves and poise ourselves to become beyond blessed by being generous people. Giving and having a spirit of generosity is a kingdom principle. It makes no sense in the natural it makes no sense in the natural. You cannot tell yourself, I'll become generous when, and you fill in the blank, when I get my house paid off, when I get my car payment, when the car gets fixed, when the kids get out of school, whenever I get more time. There's always going to be an excuse not to be generous. You have to position yourself in the spiritual and say, I'm going to do it no matter what. Generosity is a posture and a position. It's a lifestyle that you have to become in order to become beyond blessed. Generosity is a surrender of everything to Jesus. Everything. My time is surrendered to him. My family, my finances, my house, my car, what money in the bank I have, everything, my talents, my skills. I'm going to be generous because he owns it all, so take it all. It's surrendering everything that you have to Jesus and having the faith that he'll take care of you here in this earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says this, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
when you'll take that posture of generosity, when you'll take that stance of I'm a giver and I'm not a taker and I'm not a consumer, here's what happens. I position myself and my treasures and my faith are laid up in heaven where the moth can't take it, where nothing rusts, nobody can seal it because all of it's laid up in there. And the very thing that happened is that God is able, he is able to bless you. And if you're not getting blessed, I wonder why. Have you positioned your heart in the wrong position to receive? Are you judging quickly? Are you condemning even faster? Are you unforgiving? What measure are you giving? Because that very measure is coming back your direction. Even more. Because God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all, everybody say that with me right now, all. Come on, let's say it again, all. It's not some, it's not a little bit, it's not partial, it's not 10%, it's not in all things, at all times, having all that you need. It's easy to say, stop stressing over what you need and trust in him. And I'm saying this to myself, but I have to position my heart to go in all things, in all circumstances, in everything you can bless me and you will if I will take the position of being generous. We have to decide in our hearts, in our attitudes, and demonstrate it by using our faith that God is able And in all things, just as much as you love your children, he loves you even more. And he will take care of all things. You say it doesn't look like it. That's faith. Matthew 6 and 21 for the last time. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart will follow what you place as important. Father, I thank you today for your word. I pray right now, Father, as we're closing up today, I pray right now that this word speaks to us. It ignites us to be generous people. That the spirit of generosity will just flow from us like never before. Father, I pray today that you would just move in our hearts and our minds, that we would get it in our heart and it would, and it would move into our mind. We take those thoughts captive that say that all we get, 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 get. We no longer want to just, we don't want to get, we want to give. And we want to be a steward of you, what you've given us, because you own everything. As we're closing today and every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you a couple questions. Ask yourself, where Where is your treasure today? What are you deeming important? What have you valued? What have you put out there? What is it that you're saying this is the most important? Is it God? Is it family? Is it your money? What is keeping you from having a spirit of generosity? Where's your treasure today? And if you'll answer that question where your treasure is today, you can answer quickly where your heart is. Anybody today, I want to pray for you. If you want to say, hey, my heart's not in the right place. It's not generous. I'm not. I I judge and I condemn and I I don't give that forgiveness quickly. And I have a wrong attitude about giving. If that's you today and you say, I want to change that today, I want you to just lift your hands.
hands up all over the place. Father, I pray right now as you see our hands up, we want to become more generous than ever. We want you to be our treasure. We want you, your, our heart to be your heart. We want, to, we want to think like you. We want to be like you. Lord, help us today to conquer that mindset, to conquer those things that, that the world tries to tell us that we have to have and that we have to be. And that being generous is weak and being generous is being taken advantage of. Help us understand that that is not true, that we are blessed abundantly. I pray that on every hand that went up today, that you would begin blessing them as they become generous. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the last question I have for you today, if you haven't received the generosity of God and that he sent his son to die on a cross for you and, and died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day, he paid your debt in full. You owe nothing. All you have to do is repent of your sins. You admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again. And confess him the Lord of your life. If you say today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I want to give my heart to Jesus. If you just lift your hand, I want to pray for you today. Is there anybody in this house that says, I want to give my heart to Jesus today? I see one hand. Is there anyone else that says, I want to give my heart to Jesus, my heart and life to Jesus? I see two hands. I see three hands. Amen. Is there anyone else? Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus and his salvation and his grace today. We all do this together. We're all family together. And so we're all going to pray. We're going to pray this prayer to get together. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart and I invite you into my life. Please forgive me of all my sin and all my ways. I repent and I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever. Put your hands together for Jesus. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.